I asked Ben today if he would, uh, he would work with me. Yeah, you can grab a couple schools. And we would do our message together. So uh, that's what we're going to, uh, to do this morning is Sweet. preach a message together. It feels like I am um, back at home. I don't know if you guys, and lots of you know me, but I used to come up here and do little skits and stuff. So this feels oddly familiar and it's very fun. Thank you so much for letting me be up here. Thanks. <laughs> so... Uh, when I was saying that I was going to do this with Ben, they go, oh, you mean that guy that, uh, that did that acting up front? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's matured. He's really matured. Mm-hmm. Really matured. I'm super mature <laughs> and just wise now. <laughs> I did one year of Bible college, and uh, so I pretty much know everything now. Yeah. It's <laughs> good. Yeah. So Ben is going to teach me today. That's the plan. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're in the book of uh, 1 John, and, and we're now into the second chapter, and we're going to talk about keeping his commandments. Mm-hmm. And I just want to give us, again, the overview. What are we, what are we looking at here? What, are we, what, what is the overall theme? And the overall theme for our book is that every true believer will demonstrate God's light and love. And as you, as you read through the book, the book of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, especially 1st John, you'll see that there's a lot of this going on, where there's a con- continual repeating. And it feels like uh, we're not going anywhere, but it's not true. Uh, and it's kind of like repetition is good, because repetition brings us to the place of remembering. And so you got, you got love and hate, you got light and darkness, uh, and all these themes get, get repeated in there. And so this morning, we are going to be looking at 1 John 3, uh, it's actually 12, 3 through uh, 12. 12. We're not doing 12 to 14. Yeah. Too much. Too much. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Ben. Sweet. And you're going to start off. And oh, no, uh, I I, I, yeah, you know what? I didn't even, you have some scripture up there. Oh, yeah. That... Okay. I do have some scripture. <laughs> I'm just going to read the verses that I was assigned. So click, Scott and I. Click. 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 Hey. Look at that. So Scott and I sat down and we said, man, like, okay, how do you want to take this? And I really felt like this was, this was the section that I would take and Scott would take the other one. So he gets the harder passage. I get an easier one. But there's still lots and lots of stuff that John has for us here. And I think he challenges us, especially in the cultural moment we're at right now. I think this is a bit of a challenge to our way of thinking and the way lots of us do Jesus. And you challenge the way I did Jesus. So I'm just going to read it here. So this is First uh, John 2, 3 to 6. He says, and by this, we know that we have come to know him, him being Jesus, if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this, we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. And I think what's especially challenging for us is that first verse. Verse 3, and by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. So we can play a little bit of telephone here with the text, and we can see that John is addressing this question that the Jewish people would have had in the first century. Man, Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus came. He is God. He inaugurated God's new order. But how do we know if we know Jesus? How do we know if we are, in fact, walking in the light, if we have communion with God and this new deity, this, this Jesus who has come? How do we know if we are in him. And John's response is, if you keep the commandments. 
And I think to us today, this is a challenge because we think, man, those who know God are those who love God, right? Those who believe in him, have faith in him, feel him, live life with him. The people who wake up at 4 a.m. and drink coffee and have a two-hour devotional and then after work go on a run and listen to a podcast with Jesus in their ears and just pray all the time. Those are the people who know God. And it is the stiff-necked, religious, conservative, blue-party, head-covering people with all their commandments and rules who are missing out on the truest expression of what it means to know God. I think in lots of our minds, it's the Pharisees that made all of the rules and all of the commandments. And we think it was Jesus who came and challenged their religiosity with the great mantra of love. We think Jesus is all about love, and he's not about rules. But if you know your Bible, you just read Matthew 5 to 7, and you realize, man, Jesus has a lot of rules. He's got a lot of instruction. So I just want to challenge today, and I know I'm being provocative a little bit, but I just want to challenge this common understanding, and especially this quote that I think we just toss around in church. We say, man, Christianity, it's all about relationship. And it's not about religion. And my question is, when did those things become mutually exclusive? Man, I think that's a culturally saturated Christianity, and I don't think it is an appropriate understanding of New Testament thinking and the way that John thought and the way that Jesus thought and the way that Paul thought. So what is a better understanding of the relationship between rules and religion Well, I think if we read the next verse, verse 5, but whoever keeps his word, meaning, do you live the commandments? Whoever keeps the word of God, in him truly the love of God is perfected. For John, as for Paul, do I have a clicker for the next one? Oh, sorry, I didn't put N.T. Wright's quote up there, but N.T. Wright, Tom Wright, great New Testament um, uh, scholar, He says, for John, for Paul, and above all for Jesus, the commandments are all summed up in one word, love. You see, to follow the commands of the Old Testament and the Torah, and to follow the commands of Christ, is to live and to walk in perfect love. Religion and relationship, love and rules are fused together with Jesus, because Jesus expresses all of his rules with the deepest desire for us to walk in right relationship with him and with one another. Oh, sorry, I want to go back. Sorry. Sorry. So, John 14, 21, Jesus says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. The question, do you love Jesus or, you, or do you only listen to what he says and do what he says, that doesn't exist for them. They think the commandments and the love of God are woven together. If you keep the commandments and love the commandments, you keep and you love Jesus. They're the same thing. But what does it look like to be a person who keeps the commandments of Jesus? You know, what does, what does it look like to be someone who is marked by this love that's not just in your head and in your heart, but actually with your hands? And I think John tells us. Um, He says, by this, we may know that we are in him, if we are in Jesus. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. For John, God is love. 
1 John 4, 16 says, so we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. And for John, Jesus is God. And so to live like Jesus is to live like love. And when I was reading this, I was thinking, I was studying, I was, man, like, how did Jesus walk? How did he live? What was his life marked by? <laughs> the cross. Self-sacrificial giving. Self-sacrificial love. So his commandments and his love is summed up in the cross. And so when we say we want to be like Jesus, we want to follow the commands of Jesus, we want to love like Jesus, we have to pick up our cross every day and say, I'm going to be a selfless person. I'm going to be like Jesus and lay down my life for other people. John 15, 13, greater love has none than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You lay down your life for your friends, you become someone who's marked by the commandments and the love of Jesus. So I think that's what John has for us. I maybe took up too much time. Oh, Sorry, yeah. Scott. And you got one more quote. Oh, I got one more quote. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite quote of all time. I can't believe I forgot it. So this is a Croatian thinker, Mislav Volf. Um, I need to read his book. He's just so brilliant. Um, but he says, the center of yourself as a Christian is self-giving love made possible by and patterned on the suffering Messiah. If this becomes your mantra, if this becomes how you live, you'll be someone who's marked by commandments of God and the love of God. And you're going to see your life become marked by Jesus and not by the emotive cultural experience of the water we live in. That is the West. Okay, there you go. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, they don't clap for me. They don't clap no. for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, man, appreciate that. And um, I love the passion and I love the challenge. And I'm going to come back to that challenge in my portion uh, of talking here. And I'm going to take uh, from 7 to 12 and, and take a look at it, uh, what John has to say. And so he, he moves us here in talking about this, this new command. And so in verses 7 and, and first part of 8, he says, Dear friends, I am not writing a new command, but an old command, which you have had since the beginning. The, this old command is the message you have heard, yet I am writing a new command. So it almost sounds like a riddle, doesn't it? A little bit of a riddle, a little bit maybe like, uh, like maybe Samson was giving this riddle where he was saying, out of the eater is something uh, to eat and out of the strong is something sweet. But it's not a riddle. It's not a riddle at all. Because this is about this old command and new command. And, and in, in this, how do we make sense of this old new command? Where do we make sense? Well, if you're in Sunday school and your Sunday school teacher asks you, uh, asks you a question uh, about anything, you have one answer that you can give that you're assured that if you give the answer, you will be 100% right. And so what's that answer? Jesus, exactly. And so what is the old new command? It is Jesus. It is. It actually is that part. And, and when you're talking about this, Moses in his commands that he is giving, in, in the law that he is giving, he is looking towards Jesus. 
It's looking towards Jesus. Even though for him, he didn't understand the Messiah. He wasn't all there within the complete picture that we see it today. But today we sit in this part of this new command, which is an old command. It hasn't changed. And that we love God. We love God with everything we have. And when we do that, we follow the commands. We become obedient. We become surrendered to the cross. So when he says, listen, this is an old command, but it's really a new command, but I write you a, a new command, it is really the same thing. From, from when the fall takes place in Genesis 3 until the Lord comes back, it's all about the same thing. But Jesus does change everything. He does change everything. In the second part here, John writes... Um, he writes this. Oh, let me, let me go back. Let me go back to a little bit what Ben said. Because Ben talked about this part of where we, we say it's all about relationship and not religion. And, and I get that because I've even said that, Ben. And I'm sitting here going, come on, you young punk. What are you doing? You can't tell me that. I know more than you. You only had a year of Bible school. That's all you need, right? That's all you need. That's it. Once you know that, you got everything. But there is some truth to that in, in this that you can't separate the two. So what if, ben, what if Ben and what he's saying, he's right, that we've had some misguided emphasis on relationship. And what if we have produced followers of Jesus who have redefined obedience as an option? What if that's the case? John goes on to say, and he says this is the truth, following the commands, is seen in him, Jesus Christ, and in you, the church, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. We're called in this to walk in the light. And the darkness is passing because Christ is the light. See, for us to walk with him in love is coming back again to what Ben said, and that is in Matthew 16, 24, and 25, it talks about that we need to, we need to, if we want to follow after him, we must die, and we must pick up the cross and follow him daily. And so with that, we now are walking in the light. As we surrender to him, we're now walking in the light. This part here is darkness passing through light. Jesus says in 8, John 8, 12, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. There's another scripture passage. Ooh. Okay. Just that. There we go. Um, uh, here we are. I like this part here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 5, and 7. Paul's talking to the church there, and he's being challenged about his belief. He's being challenged about, or his, his position as, as one who is a leader. And he comes to this part, and he, and he says to them, you see, we don't go around preaching about your, ourselves. We preach that Christ, Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Christ's sake. For God, who said, let light 
let there be light in the darkness, has made the light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Christ Jesus. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay pots containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not ourselves. Think of yourself as this pot and this fragile great pot, a pot that is cracked. We're a bunch of crack pots. That's good, isn't it? We're a bunch of crackpots. And with that, we have Christ in us. And when we live out his commands of loving him and loving others and walking in this obedience to him, his light shines out from us. And what makes this incredible and makes this powerful is it's not us, it's him in us but we're called to keep his commands. We're called to walk in newness with him and surrender to him that I will lay down my life, that I may pick up the cross daily and follow him. That's the command. To walk with him is to die to self. And Christ did that. He himself became obedient, even obedient unto death on the cross. And so he modeled it. So we can't just walk around in love without this part of walking around in obedience, in the commands. And it's not harsh, and it's not brutal, but they go together. And that's the beauty of it. So it comes to the last part, and in here he now talks about love and hate and darkness and light. And and with that, he, he says... You'll know how you're practicing it by the way that you're living amongst community. And this is how we live, right here, in community. And how are we living in community? Are we loving each other or are we hating each other? Are we holding biases against someone? Do we hold others out here and say, well, I will love you as long as you do what I want you to do? The light shines in us and through us when we walk with him and we lay down our lives for another. So I finish up this way. The overall theme is this. Every true believer will demonstrate Christ's love and light. And it's been said, John, in John's mind, the commandment of God and the love of God are woven together in perfect harmony. See, I was listening, Ben. Thanks. Yeah. And so, therefore, a relationship with the Father will always ask the following, the followers to keep his commandments. So we come to the table this morning for communion. And we have the ultimate example of light and love with the sacrifice of Christ. That's what this is here. That's what's before us, that we get to participate in, is we're celebrating the light and love of Christ. That he was willing to surrender himself and to become obedient even unto death. And I am challenged by that. 
because I think that I want to put my own spin on what God wants or doesn't want in my life. But it's simple to lay down your life for him.